All right, welcome to the first ever official Kill Your Internet podcast. We are your boys and girl, Foxtrot and The Get Down. Uh, today, for the first episode, we have with you myself, Colin. Uh, we also have with us uh, the Lord himself, Roast Malone, Mr. Eric Burke. Eric, say what's Gucci. What's Gucci? He did say what's Gucci. Uh, I guess first and foremost, the most important piece of business that I can give you is we're going to start as proud Northeast Philadelphians with a tee-off. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with the tee-off, uh, it is when you take... You're wrong. Yeah, you're just wrong <laughs> yeah. in general. Uh, but it is when you take a twisted tea and you drink it as fast as humanly possible. Uh, we are not officially sponsored by Twisted Tea yet, <laughs> but you bet your ass we're working on it. Yeah. Uh, so, Eric, to the first official... Uh, and the winner of this will be the champion of the podcast for the first week. So oh, let me get the crown now. Oh, Ty? Yeah, it was pretty even. We'll refer to the video. Uh, I spilled, dude. All right, well, now that we've handled the tee-offs for the day, uh, I guess <laughs> we'll touch on, you know, the title of the podcast for this week is how the fuck did we get here? It's a good question. It is a good question. Uh, first off, the whole point we're doing this podcast is because, surprise, surprise, we have a record that's finally coming out. Uh, we're going to be dropping it during the summer. I don't have an exact date yet because I don't want to get that specific at this point. Our manager, Elena, who we will refer to a lot in this video, will probably kill us if I you know, go that far in. Yeah. But the name of the record is the name of the podcast. It's called Kill Your Internet. Uh, and we'll delve into the name. Like throughout the time we do this, uh, but I guess first and foremost we need to get into what's the purpose of this whole thing. Uh, we are definitely going to talk a lot about how we got here, what we do. Uh, we want to show everybody a little bit more of our personality and get to be a little bit goofier because I guess, like, <laughs> I guess through all the the stuff we do online, you have to be a certain way and keep your shit looking a certain way. And yeah, for sure, for sure. As you can tell by our previous black and white phase. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, and this is kind of a looser way to kind of just talk and explain to who the fuck we are. Uh, you can curse on this too, by the way, so that'll, that'll be a big thing. Um, can we drink water? We can drink water for sure, just mostly twisted tea, uh, yeah. eat pretzels, and uh, there'll be a lot of Philly oh. sports talk. Uh, we're going to talk about dumb shit we've seen on the internet, and on a serious note, too, kind of the culture around the internet, which kind of spurred me into writing what I wrote for this record. Yes, um, yes. There's a lot of good and a lot of bad in that, and there's a lot of talking points to begin with. But uh, and then very, I, very, very um, divisive, diverse topic. Diverse, yeah, divisive, uh, polarizing. Definitely polarizing. Um, um, I definitely don't want to talk a lot of politics. No, I think I it's mean, gonna wind up going that way occasionally. I feel like everyone will be able to figure out our kind of attitudes, our lean kind of stuff eventually. Yeah, but yeah. I will say that I feel like we I have to come out and say that. No, but I think we have differing opinions on certain things, and like yeah, not yeah. necessarily, way. yeah, not political yeah, yeah. party affiliation, but we we think differently, which yeah, is, sure. uh, I think every week too, you're gonna see me and Eric will definitely always be on here. Uh, we will have other members of the band as well and other collaborators. We will also have a guest call in every week. Uh, people throughout the industry, either radio DJs, different artists, uh, people we're boys with. Might even have my boys Paul and Tom on for a little hip hop talk. Oh, yeah. uh, but I mean, to me, like what I'm excited about with this whole process is giving people kind of an unfiltered look at who the fuck we are. But I also want to spit some game. I want to talk to like people who are trying to do this as well as we've come to figure out what it is that 
is our lane. How do you find that? How do you navigate through the bullshit that is the music industry most of the time? Yeah. And kind of how do you keep your soul intact? Yeah, and we'll also um, we'll give the people information, you know, learning yeah. material, um, whether it be through our kind of, uh, you know, unintentionally through our uh, experiences that you'll hear. And, um, you know, we'll intentionally try to lay out some some good information for the folks. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to be a lot of bullshit, too. Uh, we're going to have a lot of guests, like I some said. Some bullshit, mostly. Some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mostly bullshit. But I guess... We'll jump right into it. And I, I said, I think the important thing is we touch on the title of the first week's podcast, which is how the fuck did we get here? Right. You know, if you're just diving into Foxtrot now, let's talk about exactly how did we get to where we are now? How did it lead to the record that we just made? And how did it lead to the single that's coming out on the 21st? Mm-hmm. So let's dive back in history. Yeah, hit the Wayback Machine. You go up until I came in. I was going to say, and then we'll kind of go from where you came in yeah. and where you stepped out and when you came back. Right. Uh, our timeline is weird. Uh, this is not a linear po- like a linear timeline type thing. There's been a lot of people who've come in and out, a lot of names I'm going to throw at you. Um, I guess it all started uh, at Westchester University. Uh, that's where me and Eric, well, I, we also didn't bring this up. Me and Eric are cousins. Yes. Uh, we yes, lived we around are. the corner from each other our whole lives. Um, but yeah, our mom and dad are... Siblings. I don't want to put it like that. You could say siblings. <laughs> yeah. But when I said that, I was like, our mom and dad are siblings. Does yeah, not. Yeah. We're from Philly. Not. Well, they are. Yeah. Well, they are. <laughs> That's a whole other thing, though. Yeah. yeah um, no. So my dad and Eric's mom are brother and sister. Uh, so that's as far back as I'm going to take it. But yes. I'll take it to where back I met Ken. Yes. So me and Ken lived in dorm rooms next to each other at Westchester University. Uh, we just bonded over shit like G-Love and... Tribe Call Quest, and this motherfucker comes to me and says, oh, I used to play bass. And me being me, I was like, oh, now you do again. Now you do again. That's how this shit's going to go. Yeah. Uh, and we had a drummer at the time. So this is like 2012. We'll flip it back that far. That's eight years. Now, I don't really start the clock back then necessarily. I mean. From a professional. From a professional. We were bullshit. We were living in dorms in college. Intended, is that just yet? I'm sure. No, but our first show as a three-piece band was at Westchester University. Uh, it was actually at Costa's, which is next to Johnny Brenda's in Fishtown. Oh, okay, it was yeah. called the M Room. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And we played to about like 20 people, and uh, we tried to cover the Beatles. Yes. I mean, that's a good decision for typical your first, first show. Typical first show. Who yeah. doesn't cover the Beatles which at their was first it? show? Do you remember which a was? Day in the Life. Holy shit. And I played an acoustic <laughs> guitar. Wow. That um, is something. Yeah, so that was our first fucking show ever. Uh, Fast forward to 2014, right? We're about to, you know, start to wrap up college. Uh, I graduated in January of 2015, officially. Right. Um, I meet this chick. She's waiting tables at the Texas Roadhouse that I'm working with. I'm working at in Westchester. Uh, this little, you know, curly-haired, you know, roller. What do they call that? Uh, roller derby. Roller derby yeah. badass named Erica Dur- Ruiz. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we just we just hit it off. We're we're yeah, friends Otis, at this point, right? Wasn't it Otis? Yeah, Redding? it was Otis Redding was yeah. the bonding member between us. Yeah, right. So Erica tells me, oh yeah, like I I love to do karaoke and I love Otis Redding and all this and I I'm like, okay, well, can you fucking sing? Like, is it really like that? And she's like, well, I mean, I guess I don't, you know, I Erica, I don't know. Like, I do karaoke, and I was like, yeah. well, dude, fucking come to the studio. Yeah. I'd always wanted 
uh, a girl in the band. I'd always wanted a, a female voice to compliment mine or actually take it over. Like I always write my music with the intention of a female voice in it. So Erica comes to the studio, knocks it out of the park. She's been in the band since. So fast forward to 2015. We graduate college. We're, you know, 23-year-old, fresh-faced assholes who think that we're about to go take over the world. Yeah, well, decision was made. I'd like to actually ask, um, if I may, when you kind of, like, I'm assuming there was a point where, yeah, don't mind if I did. Yeah, I'm just going to pop another tea real quick. Yeah. We're going to be alcoholics <laughs> by the time this I was going to say, it's going to be a lot of tea action. Yeah. Peach. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, so, like, I'm imagining there was a... Um, an actual point in time where whether, you know, you being the leader or everybody had to decide, you know, we're going to drop this or we're going to try to continue and take it to the next step. What was, it's was funny, there, there was like no- a moment in time or did you always kind of know? Or Since college, I had a one track mind that this is what I was going to do. Yeah. You know, I, after I stopped playing baseball at Westchester, I like how I just crazed over that, but I was, I knew this is what I wanted to do. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. Whatever college athlete it is, what it is. Uh, and I said, I'm going to fucking make it. I'm going to do whatever I have to do. Uh, and I had my eyes set on Nashville. I knew that's where I wanted to go. And it was a conversation like, yo, we have this opportunity to go down there to Nashville. Like, Let's fucking do that. That'd be so dope. Like, oh, so the, uh, the opportunity to record at the Sound Shelter happened, and that's kind of... Well, I mean, I sought it out. Oh, okay. So okay. What, what wound up happening was I, me and my then-girlfriend, now wife... Dana, who will be brought up a lot on this, I assume. Maybe a guest. Maybe a guest. Maybe. I don't think we can ever. Nobody hates being on camera or have their voice <laughs> recorded more than Dana Budney. That sounds weird, by the way. Dana Budney sounds I know. Weird. I, you said that. Not getting you said that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so me and Dana flew down to Nashville right after we graduated college. And I met Trace. And I had like, I set label meetings up. I'm a fucking lunatic. You guys will learn this quickly. I'm a fucking crazy person. Yeah, I, it's not. It's not like a normal uh, thing to do. No. And just to be quickly that's trace sasser who we still work with as a producer yeah he actually he, helped produce a new album yeah he's like an elder of ours and yeah in he's, the business. he's my nashville, and he's our boy also. my nashville like, dad slash bro yeah yeah uh so fun in nashville we get this indie record deal uh and we just went down and everybody kind of was just rolling along at that point it was like holy fuck we can actually do this shit like right, yeah, for sure. and in my head i never think twice it's almost like yeah it's gonna fucking happen it doesn't make a difference yeah uh, so we record that record. We start playing bigger shows. We start to really start to take this shit seriously. And the record doesn't come out for two years. And we're just getting strung along in the wind in the situation we were in with an indie label. And we didn't know any better. We never read our contracts. That's going to be a big fucking point of my talk is get a good goddamn lawyer. Later on. Jason later Berger on. will be a guest on this show. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Our entertainment lawyer. Yeah. But that's for another point. Right. So... And just quickly, that record is um, Roots Too Deep. Roots Too Deep, yeah, right. Which is, uh, you know, I guess the first one. The first yeah, record. the first record technically. Sold, sold, the sold the Soul was yeah. like an EP we did in college, but right, right. Which I still love to this day, quite frankly. I don't. Another understandable. point. Yeah, uh, understandable. So we go and make this record. We think we're about to take over the fucking world, be the biggest rock stars alive, twenty four, whatever. And it doesn't come out for two years. And those two years are filled with just confusion and not knowing what the fuck is going on. Grind. Grind, but not even grind with no particular vision. I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. So come to 2016, we play a festival in Nashville. And we meet our now manager, Elena Fetford. Right before we do that, 
we had decided that in order to get a bigger sound and kind of match what we were growing into, we add my fucking cousin, Mr. Eric Burke. So Eric, yeah. around like what was this like uh, mid twenty fifteen? Because your first show was your first show was New York. And yeah. your second show was Festival Pier in front no, of 10,000 people. That was actually my third. There was another one. I forget where it was. Uh, the first one was definitely Pianos. I, f- I feel like the second one was like Bourbon Branch, but I, I'm not sure if we did two Philly shows like that. I forget. No, we did We did Mercury Lounge in New York. No, it was Pianos. No, maybe it was... It was Mercury... Rock, it was Rockwood. Rockwood. Rockwood that's what it yeah, was. Yes. Musical. And then... Shout out. That massive piano on that tiny stage. Oh, this my grand God. piano on this, like... Like, four by four stage. piano in your closet. <laughs> so we had to have our drummer sit on the ground. Uh, but I digress. So Eric comes in a band in, in yeah, 2015. Yeah. Eric, your initial reaction to, like... Because this is technically the first time you were in a band that was doing things and and... and you know, you come into that situation, it's kind of already built in, but there's no fucking idea what we're doing. Like, yeah. wh- what's your initial situation there? Well, so I had been, you know, I'd, I've been playing guitar since I was, what, you know, 13, I guess. Like, you yeah. guys, you and your dad, like, hit, like, my, our, my Uncle John, or Uncle John, <laughs> my Uncle John, like, and Colin, you know, inspired me to, you know, pick up the instrument, and, like, on top of, you know, loving, you know, just like Led Zeppelin and Stevie Ray Vaughan, like, you know, any, like, really guitar-heavy hitters like that. Um, so up until that point, you know, I never was in a serious kind of um, situation with a band where it was, we're doing this. Yeah. Right? It was just, like, jamming around with friends, like, um, you know, learning songs. Uh, learning um, songs. Learning. Smoking yeah, weed. Right. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, we can say that. It's our fucking podcast. We can do whatever yeah. the fuck we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't, don't. I, it was going to be brought up eventually. <laughs> I'm, what, I'm what the folks could call a stoner. Yeah, Eric is our band's official weed aficionado. That's true. Um, I am not. No. Uh, no. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I come in and, uh, you know, at this point it was, you know, pretty straightforward, like learn the songs, you know, get comfortable jamming in this space. Um, and then, yeah, so the first show was uh, Rockwood, and then the third one was... Festival Pier, which was the Bono Four Five Block Party. Yeah, and that was like our biggest show to date. Yeah, and that was like I imagine like this is my third fucking. <laughs> yeah, it was ten thousand people yeah. on the fucking Delaware River. You're right. Yeah, and I'm looking out, and it's like, who's yeah, that dude, like what the fuck is going on? But like, it was great. Um, I, I like I had such an experience, like. I guess like it just on like emotionally like all levels. I fucking took a nap right after. Yeah, that. I remember I, that. Yeah, I was like I was so tired just from like just putting out all this like crazy energy like so, doing that. But, and so, um, all right, so Eric joins right. We meet Elena, who is our now manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in that time, you know, we had started touring, um, and it was then where we hit our first roadblock. My first real like emotional situation in this band. Our original drummer Ryan left the band. And I had considered that like a fucking breakup. I did not handle that well. I was a mess. I thought my life was ending. I was like, this band's going to fucking fall apart. I don't know what I'm going to do. It was tough, man. That's your boy since the beginning, you know? And then, you know, we, we do that tour with a, our buddy Nate, who's a fuckface. Nate, Nate Fuck you know you, what? Nate. Nate's going to be another person we call. I, 100%. Oh, 100% fucking percent. Yes. We'll get to that. We'll get to the segments in a yeah, bit. If you guys have ever seen Toy Story, you'll, <laughs> you'll know exactly. So, fuckface Nate. Does the tour. Great guy. Uh, throws up. In, yeah. yeah, throws up. Uh, 
<laughs> and then we eventually get James Iovine dropped in our lap, our wonderful Jimmy Boat, Jimmy, our drummer. Yeah. And now the band really starts to take its personality. Now we're having fun again. Now we're starting to fucking get the drive behind us and starting to do our fucking thing. Yeah, by the way, Jimmy, fucking sick drummer. Jimmy's the man. Fucking sick. I said this in an interview. I was just out in Los Angeles like two weeks ago, and somebody's, or somebody's interviewing me, and they were like, uh, they're just asking shit, and I, it comes to Jimmy, right? And I was like, I knew Jimmy was going to be in the band from the first time I fucking met him. I show up to the studio, and there's a parking lot outside the studio where everybody smokes, and we wait for everybody to get there, right? It's also a place where prostitutes and, and everybody used to apparently hang out. Unconfirmed, but... Um, we know it was. Unconfirmed, but plausible. Plausible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I pull up, and Jimmy's outside of his car. And he's wearing an American flag bandana. Oh, God. He is in sweatpants that are cut into shorts. <laughs> he's already sweating, and he's got a cig hanging out of his mouth. And he goes, yo, babe, nice to meet you. That's his first fucking intro. And I was like, all right, well, that's our drummer. I guess that, that is our yeah, fucking right. mascot, technically. <laughs> so, <laughs> cheers, dude. I'm actually, I'm, I love that we're doing this. Cheers. Oh, yeah. So, we get Jimmy. Jimmy is like the mascot of the band. Jimmy's the personality. He's Fishtown. He's fucking Philly. He's the fucking man. So, we get Jimmy in. And then we start to want to expand the sound, right? Yes. So I'm cutting demos at a place in Ardmore called Range Studios, Range Recording. And uh, the engineer, whose name is Costa, now a Grammy winner, says to me, yo, if you want sax on any of these songs, you should talk to my boy Will. And me, once again, being a fucking lunatic, I was like, well, give me his Instagram or his number right now. I'll fucking call him right now. A week later, Will's in the studio jam with us, and we haven't looked back since. Will has been... Um, a stalwart. A stalwart. He's been the goat. He's been the yeah. one that's kind of helped change the sound. A reference book. But since then as well, you know, things have started to take shape in the fact that we've, you know, we've gotten our independence back. We have good guidance. We have a lawyer, a good manager. We have people around us who are really pushing us in the right direction. And all the while I'm looking at this and I'm saying, how the fuck did we get here? How did we get through all this bullshit to where we are now? Yeah. Like, and people come and go. Eric actually left the band at one point. I did. Um, shouts to Colin O'Donnell for stepping in and doing his job. Mm -hmm. um, but, Eric, explain explain your journey in leaving and coming back. Because we always make fun of you for this shit. <laughs> yeah. But explain it, because then it'll give people a better idea. Yeah, so I've actually been looking for uh, an opportunity to like make this statement. And I'm happy I'm able to at this moment. Um, so I was in my other band, uh, The Rock Bottoms. And that was with... Um, my three best, three of my best friends, uh, Brian Litz, Dan Gormley, Rich Barnett. Um, I was doing both for I don't even know how long. Um, Good amount like of time. Like a year, I'd say. Like you know, yeah, like since they both became legitimate ventures. Um, so I, it, at first, like, I was always wrestling with viewing Foxtrot as like the, the work, like my like. I don't want to say like my life's work as a pro musician, but like the the alpha, right? yeah, like the primary, the business, the, the primary, yeah, exactly. Right? Um, and um, using it as like kind of like an internship, yeah, to like learn and like you know be able to do that for myself. Right, right? you learn from us and then you take it and you grow your own thing. Exactly, yeah. So it ended up that I left Foxtrot. I forget. Uh, it's like it 2017, like I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to do the rock bottoms full no, time. No, it was probably 2018. 
I like early 2018, I think. I fucking remember, yeah. Holy shit. It was like before. It was like before Firefly and shit like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Do you remember the look in my eyes when you said you were doing that? (laughs) Yeah, I try to forget. (laughs) Explain it. But yeah, it was pretty fiery. I'm pretty Uh, sure Eric said something was thrown. (laughs) No, Eric said that shit, and we were in the studio waiting. He came in. He's like, "Guys, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quitting." And I was like, "You know what, dude?" The fucking door's right there. I was like, get the fuck out. I was like, go. Uh, well, I, uh, I get maybe without saying it, but... Um, I'm, I'm 100% positive I said the phrase, the door's right there. Yeah. And then he left, and I, I looked at everybody else, and I said, anybody else? Anybody else want to go? Because the fucking door's right there. Yeah, he was pissed, <laughs> you could say. Um, just, but, another, just another day in life. Yeah, yeah. So the, the point, like, like, I wanted to, like, at the time do it with my best friends. Right. Like that was the only deciding factor. Like it wasn't for a lack of anything. Fox right. going on. Like, and you know, like I just, if I was going to like choose this life, like I wanted to attempt, at least attempt it. Right. Go for it. With my fucking mates. You know and then mean? how did that wind up? And well, so it did, it ended up that like, we just couldn't, you know, we, we, we had a single, we planned to do like a record. We did an EP that was like, that was still a while. It was actually still a Fox shot. Um, that like didn't like the recording didn't go well. Like that was a learning experience. Um, but yeah, like it, you know, in the, in the, um, in the long and short of it, it just didn't end up that we could string enough positive momentum, momentum and things. And like, nights in a row just was it what you expected was the workload what yeah it was to be quite honest yeah i knew i was quite aware of what i was getting myself into like that was that's one thing that i was not naive to my whole thing was when you left my my, our conversations always stemmed back to i I always said you you have no idea what the fuck you're getting into right i did though not in maybe not in terms of like you know like of course there were gonna be things that would be revealed to me right but i i understood the labor and the work that was you know can i ask you can i ask you a question before we wrap up this segment i think having taken that on because you know we have a lot of conversations where i you know we don't talk about it as much but like i've said it three times already in this i'm a fucking crazy person when it comes to this shit like i'll work 24 7 yeah like was it more evident to you after having stepped away and tried to do it yourself like why you're crazy no, it, it, that like that like it it takes that amount of work. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was revealed to me. Yeah, like it was crystal clear. I'm always interested in, you know, wh- when we're just talking because sometimes, like I guess, in any situation, leadership kind of is a thankless job, and I always wonder whether or not, like, oh no, I got a dose of that. Yeah, you <laughs> know what I'm saying. It's no, a fucking I, thankless yeah. job, and like, yeah, it's it, and so. Not that we aren't friends in Foxtrot. You're one of my best friends in the entire world. Yeah, you are my best friend. You know what I mean? Like, shit. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, you got to say it back now. (laughs) No, but, um, yeah, no, like, it's, it's, it's more difficult for me. I, I don't have another fucking thing to compare to, but like, I found that it was incredibly difficult to try to do what was necessary with, people that i cared about so much it's the, hard yeah it's like my these are my fucking boys right, right like, yeah are, yeah so like since high school you know whatever it, it was incredibly difficult to like to be the bad guy in at times right 
And that's, you know, I like I, you do that, and that's fine. Like, it's necessary. Like, I'm sure you don't love it. It's like the New York show with Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I can cue yeah. people in on that. So we were on a tour during last summer, and we had a stop in New York at Rockwood Music Hall. And we had pl- just played this amazing show in Allentown the night before. And uh, Jimmy had one too many bourbons before the yeah, show. Yeah, maybe, like, celebrated, like, a touch. And uh, <laughs> just completely fucked it up. And I walked off stage, and I'm pretty sure I had ripped, like, basically ripped my top buttons off by the time <laughs> I walked off stage because I was just yeah. ready to murk somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm on 24-7. Like, I, I, there's no fucking excuses in that perspective. You get drunk at a show, I'll fuck you up. Not physically, but... No, nah, I'd I like to think physically, but I just haven't had Maybe. to do it yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I digress. All right, let, let, let's move forward here. So let's get to where we are now. Right. So after the experience... Well, in hold that, on, actually. Just go ahead, go ahead. Let, after, let, me, after, let me wrap after. this up. Um, I just want to, like, my opus on the rock bottoms and, like, the you know, the decision I made is, like, is this, you know? I would, I would do that again every single time, even knowing what I know now. Because I had to know, you know, I had to like, oh yeah, I had to, um, I had to try it. I had to see for myself. And if it didn't happen to this point, it well, you know, what, actually, that's that's difficult to say because we're like, kind of like, you know, fucking balling, doing legit shit right oh, now. Oh, we're balling but, right, right now. But I had to know. You know yeah. what I mean? And, I mean, it's fair enough. Yeah, and it's like, with the, you know. I never the the intention was never obviously like you know hurt anyone's feelings or of like bruising egos anything like that you know obviously, but I had to know yeah I had to know had and to I words. found out yeah so and I didn't come crawling back uh, fuckers we <laughs> I, never uh, we never said Erica no, 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 said no, no, crawling no. back no, Erica no. said crawling back yeah fucker mm, loser. oh Erica <laughs> I can't um, wait to get Erica on here because yeah so she can get a phone book to no because I think. <laughs> I think Erica is one of the best shit talkers on earth. No one. Yeah, because it's very. <laughs> Erica can hurt my feelings, yo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. With logic and reason. All right. So I'm going to push past this and we'll get to like present day Foxtrot. Right, right, right. So we push past the awkward periods. Uh, I think it was like probably. Everything's just set in stone now. I, like... I, I said this in this one interview I recently did, and it was a question of if you had a movie that was made about your life. Give me one scene that would be the most important. And you were here for it. You may have been. I, I don't remember. We were on Elena's front lawn in Nashville. It was like the sun was setting. And it was right after we had found out that we were no longer a part of, of American Echo. Mm-hmm. And we were all like, fuck yeah, let's go. And Elena was like, don't celebrate. I need new music right the fuck now. And we need to start moving. We're back from square one. Mm-hmm. And everybody was kind of like, well, fuck, what do we do? And I was shirtless in a pair of basketball shorts. And this is how vividly I remember this. And I remember this. <laughs> this was the moment to me that like encapsulated our rebirth and kind of the growth of the band. Yeah. I walked down the street and I picked up my phone and I called Dave Pettit. Dave Pettit is our boy. He was like my original producer, like my original guy who like showed me how to do this shit in the studio. Yes. And uh, I called Dave and I was like, Dave, we're out of our record contract and we need to make new music and I want it to sound totally different and I need it done for free because we have no money and I need it done like right now. And he went, Say less. all right, so can you come to New York on like, the 25th? And I was like, fucking right, let's go, baby. Yeah, yeah. So we, I walked back to the house and I looked at everybody and I was like, yo, 
Dave's going to do it for free. All the new songs are about to do them. We're about to switch it up as soon as we get back home. And everyone's like, all right, bet. And since then, since we made that decision to switch up our sound, to fucking do what we wanted to do, to stop trying to fit a mold and just be us, this was two and a half years ago. We have seen nothing but pro like positive progress. When we started to incorporate elements of fucking R&B and blues and soul and hip-hop and pop and doing what the fuck we sound like and not trying to sound like a Nashville band. Right, or and it's not even that we... I like it's not even that we try to sound that way. It's like it's easy, like because we like everything. We do, we, we, yeah. Like you'll see later on, like how, how we have songs that are probably very different, but like yeah, we we you know it's a Foxtrot all, song. Yeah, all seven of us like legitimately love all brands of and music. All our times. big thing is too. We are not the fucking blank band. There's not. We're not a blank band. We're not a rock band. We're not an emo band. We're not a fucking pop band. We're not this. We're not that. We are fucking us. We it's are, not even that we're trying to avoid a label. It's just that, like, it... It's what it, we do. It, it kind of, yeah, it just kind of comes out. I've compared it, in like, prospectively to, like, I, I call it the 1975 effect in a way, to where that band never has one specific thing that they sound like. They can do a song like People. They can do a song like Sex. They can do a song like fucking Girls. They do what they want to do. And I think in 2020, there's nothing more important. And let this be a lesson to anybody listening who's in the music industry or wants to be in the music industry. All the positive things that have happened for this band have happened once we stopped trying to be something else. When we started making the shit that we wanted to do and started to present ourselves as our fucking selves, as six Philly dickheads who fucking love music. Seven now. Seven. Well, yeah, seven on the road. I mean, we're always seven. We have different people who come in and out. But... I think the whole point of this first podcast was to say, this is how the fuck we got here. Yeah. And it was impossible to, it, it was half an hour. Mm. We're half an hour in. And I haven't I even. I think we did a pretty good job. But I don't think we even covered like the nooks and crannies, the little things. Well, the fucking, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I didn't even come. cover yeah. almost fighting one of the kids from One Direction or <laughs> shout out, shout out, shout one out Louis Tomlinson. Uh, yeah. Come catch What's these up, hands, fool? dude. Yeah, I see you, bro. I see you. Yeah. We all fucking see you. Jimmy's going to hit you with a bag of bricks, dude. That's what it is. Yeah. So he carries around with him at all times. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Kill Your Internet podcast, unofficially sponsored by Twisted T. <laughs> Still working on that shit. I guarantee That's you. Cool. I guarantee to you at some point you will see a legit sponsorship from them on this. I'm manifesting it into yeah, the I, world. I, I, I know a thing or two about Twisted T. I guarantee that. Me too. Tee off again? Double guarantee. You want to tee off again? Tee off again. Yeah, yeah. We're at the half an hour mark, which will uh, incorporate another tee off. In the future, we may be teeing off every 12 minutes. Every 12 minutes. Ready? <laughs> Eric. Clear winner that time. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Thank you. All right. So we are now going to introduce our segments part of this show. Uh, we have some different segments that we'll be introducing, but every week we will start with the same segment. And it is called the wildest shit that I've seen on the internet today. Uh, I have not seen these. He has not seen these I yet, but I, I have a couple. Or do of I have any to offer? Because this is kind of impromptu, but no. Look uh, forward to my. So things. I have three. So the wildest shit that I've seen on the internet. I'm uh, looking at Twitter trends. I'm looking at different shit on Facebook. Right. Oh, like a, like an old person. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I don't want to look at shit on Facebook. Yeah. So uh, the first thing I found 
was yesterday there was something that took over the internet. Uh, and it was idiots in their fucking kitchens making their broom stand up because of the lunar pull of the fucking supermoon. Yes. You see that shit? I did. I did. Yes. Uh, did one of the, but the, one of the best things I saw was somebody legitimately commented on it on Facebook saying that this was somehow a ploy for NASA to geotag us. And <laughs> yeah. it was there were mad Google Maps fans. Yeah, out, exactly. <laughs> no, nah, you know I am one of those people that thinks that like, are you a conspiracy theorist in this matter? That I think that like our phones fucking listen to us. And oh we, yeah. Oh my god, for sure. That specifically, absolutely, fuck yeah. So there was a weird thing that happened in my household the other day. Uh, my wife sent me a screenshot of a fucking ad that came up, and the person in the ad looked exactly like me down to the facial stubble like no joke i will show you i'll fucking put the picture up no dude no and it was right after i came back from la too and and she was like did you do some like motorcycle modeling out there while i didn't know that i was like no uh yeah so so uh (laughs) people standing brooms by the way why did everybody have to fucking put a picture up of that i mean i it was just i by the i think it's cool because I think science is cool, but like I it, think science is cool too. It was just one of those things that was like once you saw it like four times, I fucking like, okay, get this it. Is cool, and then like the eighty fourth time, and then like the hundred seventy second time, it's just like all right, all right fucking, we get it. Can all it be right, tomorrow. So uh, the number two wildest shit that I've seen on the internet in the last twenty four hours was a trend last night. So I'm in the studio by myself last night, and I'm just writing a song, and, and I happen to check my phone. I look on Twitter, and the number one trending topic on Twitter was hookers for Jesus. Oh, Christ. Oh, literally, dude. Yeah. Uh, right, right. So I look into this, and first of all, that's just fucking shocking to see Hookers for Jesus being the number one trending thing on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And what it actually wound up being it? is, it's apparently, we already got political. God damn it. No, it's okay. Uh, we, no, we now. Saw, yeah, yeah. Well, well we, we, we may or may not take a stance the news. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't kill the messenger. Apparently what it was is that it's being looked into that the Trump administration was uh, giving government grants to different groups, which is not an irregular thing to do at all. But uh, the grant was for a, an anti-conversion group called Hookers for Jesus. They're, it's basically like an anti-LGBTQ group called Hookers for Jesus. Okay. The Trump industry is like funding. I don't know. Fucking. All I'm saying is it's fucking 2020 and the number one trending topic on Twitter is Hookers for Jesus. And I wasn't ready for that. Yeah, that's... So, did you like delve into that, or did you just kind of see it? Or I looked into it a little bit, but it was more like I was so sitting. So this is like government money funding this. This shit. Oh, that's, but I literally, <laughs> yeah, it's some fucked up bullshit. But literally, oh. my first thought was, "Damn, it's the wildest shit I've seen on the internet today." So I, <laughs> that was, uh, and I had a third <laughs> too. Yeah. I found my new favorite person on the internet, and I sent this in the band group chat. His name is Mark Ribolay. Uh, I did not see this. So he is this dude. He is the fucking weirdest dude on earth. Yeah. He is a looper. Like, he does, like, looped tracks, like, live, like how Ed Sheeran uh, does yeah, live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Shout out DJ Reed Streets. He does. Oh, he's the man, dude. Yeah, yeah, Shout yeah. out Reed Streets. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Mark Ribolay, he does live streams where he has people call in and, or basically, like, tweet in and be like, what do you want to see? See me sing about. Okay. And he does it all off top. But he makes okay. this incredible funk music and, like, fucking soul music and dance music and right. shit. That's cool. But he looks like a... He wears like a robe or just his underwear, and he's got like a terrible like mustache and shit. But all his songs are fucking hilarious. Okay, uh, I'm gonna play you a piece of one of the songs. It's called "Work That Ass for Daddy." <laughs> Here you go. I love it already. Hooray! 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 H
So yeah, <laughs> dude, somebody sent that shit to me. I don't even know who the fuck it was, but somebody sent me Mark Ribolet. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, fuck. Hold on, I gotta play one more part of one more song. Damn, why am I blowing up right now? Uh, yeah, but he is now my new favorite human being. Yeah. Uh, but the, yo, legit though, the amazing part is he makes his shit all from fucking scratch. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the, he just with, with that smash hit, he just broke his way into my top ten. So. This next video is a song called Girls Club, and uh, he. this is when he was first starting out, because now he, he plays like Bonnaroo and shit now, and he plays for like 2,500 cabinets. <laughs> Dude, no, he makes amazing music, and legitimately- yeah. Does he have what, serious music? Like, no, it's all this all shit. This, okay. it, it's right, fucking so it's, amazing. It's so, current. <laughs> it's, it's contemporary. So, yeah. but he, this video, he's at a brewery with like 30 people, Okay. including like children. Oh, shit. And uh, this is the uh, oh this is the video. Okay. <laughs> when I can feel it, yo, they're having sex. And Let me in. I'm trying to fuck. <laughs> best part in that video so, is all the waitresses are walking around they're like carrying beers and shit and they're just <laughs> dying laughing but there's like there's like three dudes in the corner who like get it like yeah, think that yeah. shit's funny and then there's like there's like other four Everyone's people in the corner dudes. oh my yeah. god but yo this dude is a legit serious unbelievable musician yeah. so mark ribelay if you're if listening you yeah. I'm gonna have you call into this shit because that was the fucking greatest shit I've ever seen. I think I'll take this podcast if you can get it. He would fucking love it. This shit would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so we're gonna move on from wildest shit I've seen on the internet. Uh, the next Thank segment we're gonna do uh, is called. <laughs> it's called. Uh, so there's a there's a normal question that I generally will ask people as soon as yeah, I see them. Particularly me and you have this discussion quite a bit. Uh, yeah, we always have this conversation. It's and when I see somebody. If you're a musician, if you're someone who loves music, your first question is. Yo, what have you been listening to lately? Mm. I say that every day when I meet people. Mm. So I guess the first thing me and Eric want to touch on in this podcast is, yo, what the fuck have you been listening to lately? Uh, so we're each going to pick three songs or three records, whatever you want to do. Uh, and songs. 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 Uh, three selections. Three selections. We'll, we'll say three selections. I particularly, in this case, have three songs. Uh, so Eric's going to start. He's going to do a song, explain it, talk about why it's good. We're going to riff back and forth on it. He's going to pass it back to me, and we're going to go back and forth for three. Are we going to play the – can we play the clips, or is that – Yeah, fucking tell me the song. Okay. So, well, just, you know, just – I don't know if that's, like, copyright, but the fuck – Nah, ever. who gives a shit? Yeah, fuck it. Hey, this isn't even legitimate yet. <laughs> All right, so what's your first song? So my first song is um, – I can play that also. I got it right here. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, it's actually um, a new song by an old band. Um Incubus uh, just released a new single. Ah, dude, I love this. Yeah, last week uh, it's called Our Love. Um, the reason I love it so much is because it's it's like while 
in the past, like they they have they Incubus has if you're not, you should be familiar with Incubus if you're not, but they have um, DJ Kilmore is their um, you know just that he's a DJ and whole like you know scratch and like you you just listen yeah. to Incubus song you can tell there's like some kind of digital you know interface going on there. Um, here it is, yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna play so, it. So so you'll hear right here also. There's a you know snap and a clap track right there. It feels you know, like a stadium song. It does, yeah, it's very big, right? Yeah, so they they kind of like modern modernized a little bit with this in the sense where. But it still feels like old Incubus in a way. Um, yeah, like so so just quick history of Incubus. Like start off funk, like sick musicians first of all, sick fucking sick musicians. Amazing musicians. Yeah, so they kind of like heavy funk moved more into like a pop phase. Not, not maybe it was unintentional, but. Um, Make Yourself was their smash. Like, right, yeah, it's Drive. Like, and it was like, yeah, they. I saw them on that tour. They said it was their first introduction as, like, citizens of the world. Like, they had just toured and everything. Then they did, um, you know, um, what's that fucker? Morning View. Right. And it. they just were a huge band, right? So now they've kind of, like, modernized in a sense where they have um, those kind of, like, Clap tracks and like you know that type of shit. Um, but it still sounds and, like Brandon Boyd. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like you can't mistake. You know you can't mistake him. Um, and it's just it's just like a really solid. Like, the, the thing I like about you know it's like a love. I guess it's a love song. The thing I like about Incubus though is they never fucked up and they never like ch- like even like grenades. Like that record's oh, fucking amazing. Oh my god! They never like yeah, tried rock. to be something they weren't. Like I, I love that about Incubus. Yeah, they they totally have like a full a full identity. Incubus, uh, our love is my first selection. All right, so my first selection uh, is going to be from personally like one of my all-time favorite, most important artists, like just a person who me and Eric both love very, very much because I personally, like I guess just as goofy kids from the Northeast, we fucking see this person and we kind of see ourselves. And something we talk about all the time. Who am I talking about? Mac Miller. Mac Miller. Of course. And so he just dropped his first posthumous, or his family just dropped his first posthumous right, album. Well, what's that guy's name? Um the guy, the dude who did it, like he like oh uh, in the demo recording John uh, John Bryan John Bryan so John Bryan right, right. for history if you're a fan of Kanye West John Bryan is the person who worked with Kanye on late registration yeah, he's like a big yeah John Bryan is a big deal he works yeah. with a lot of people and mm-hmm. Mac and John Bryan were working together during the uh, fucking swimming sessions and this album Circles was made in conjunction with uh, with swimming and they're supposed to be the idea of swimming in circles yes brilliant the reason i love mac and because i'm a songwriter so i always think in these contexts of like you know how do i make things how do i make this make sense to other people what's inside my head the thing that Uh, we as people who like are creative like the constant battle that we're fighting is getting what's in your dome outside of your head and making it as close to humanly possible right and if that and then after that if that is accessible to like a ton of people right know? like it like i guess that would be defined as pop music but, and so you know. i think the song i'm going to play here is called wanted day so it, it okay. it's a different take on if you listen to swimming circles is not the same thing but the thing i think is really cool about it is the fact that he was making this at the same time and what i always struggle with is that i make so many different types of fucking music and I write so many different types of songs, I would love the opportunity to make a companion record of like more Americani type shit than more poppy shit. Mm-hmm. Which I think I've actually done if you like when I yeah, kind of dive. Look at the backlog. But like, no, not yeah. only that, the fact that I have 
I'm gonna say this out loud for the first time. I have a full Americana solo album done, yeah. and the whole Foxtrot thing done, and I've died fucking podcast. Right I've now. diverted myself as a songwriter. Yeah, this kid's. I just want to say, you know, for me, so Colin is like an incredibly prolific, just worker in general, and like that translates obviously into songwriting because we're fucking sad here, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's. I'm not surprised to hear that one bit. But so the reason why I love Circle so much as a record, and I. I you know, it just makes me fucking sad. Like the first time dude, I listened to it, I teared up. I, yeah, and, same, dude. <laughs> but it's a beautiful record. There's a lot of uh, elements of like the Beatles that I, I really love in there. And there's this one song in there that it dude, actually, yes. I, I'm going to play that. it right now. It's called That's On Me. If you're a, a fan of the Beatles and if you have an, a knowledge of musical history, it has this kind of waltz, like a like a Ringo Starr-esque waltz to yeah, it. Like, um, uh, what's it? Uh, Yellow Submarine-ish. Like. Yeah, Yellow Submarine. Or um, just, Don't Pass you, Me By is a song of the White yeah. Album that I love. Yeah, you can just fucking tell quite frankly. Yeah. So uh, we're going to skip past that. Eric, what's your second song? Uh, my second song is actually... I, I may or may not be... I know Ken like kind of dabbles, but I may or may not be the only like post-hardcore kind of like... Like like um, not I don't want to say screamo or like heavy metal or anything like that but like I'm talking like um, like a day to remember. I'm it's not my thing. No, not at all. I'm talking like uh, Bring Me the Horizon. Who actually my brother loves it. that band. Yeah, um, <laughs> we'll bring that reason, this, uh, That's actually funny. Kenny showed me the um, record this band recently did, which I didn't fully understand because I wasn't familiar with their history or like I. It, it's just you, you have to listen to the rec- most recent record to understand what I'm talking about, but. Um, Going back to their um, uh, previous album of theirs, uh, Bringing the Horizons, uh, Happy Song, it's called. Okay. This is a... Um, Happy like Song by Bringing the Horizon? Happy Song by Bringing the Horizon. It's like... Um, it, it's just like a... Um, for this genre, I would say it's like a, a pop song in terms of like this is what is meant to be... This is what is meant to like hit the intended audience. Yeah. Like, you know, it's meant to be like a hit on the record. And I think it, it is. It's... Uh, it's just really like they have this. That you, you'll hear when this when you start it. They have this like kind of like cheerleader um, chant that is just like fucking starts the shit off so strong. Like, right, right. That's actually pretty hot. It's very, uh, it's very straightforward. Yeah, it's very, like it's like a vibe. It's like you're driving fast. Yeah, that's I, I fucking. Love this You've just been banging out this I though. love this Yeah I've been like Listening to all this Type of shit recently um, We'll be is... on the road And what's funny is Like Eric's the funniest Person on the road Because like <laughs> He'll put the weirdest Type of music on At the wrong times Like we'll be like right. Trying to fall uh, asleep And Eric will put on Like that, that Or Sayosin Or something like that <laughs> yeah. But when I'm trying To stay awake He'll turn on Ryan Bingham Like songs that Like yeah, put like, me to like, sleep yeah. like, <laughs> like I am not considerate <laughs> um, Alright just to keep it moving My next yeah, song yeah, your He's by a Canadian artist By His name's Alan Raymond I have not heard of this man. Uh, he's on a label that one of our friends is on, and he's a big deal in Canada, and he's getting bigger here. But this song is called Chief, and it's the song that I was playing when we were about to come on. It reminds me a lot. There's a hip-hop essence to it. Um, there's like an instrumental loop kind of a thing. But the thing I really love about it is it reminds me a lot of like Citizen Cope in a weird way. I'll play it real quick. Okay, okay. Like a loopy. Just his tone of voice sounds like That's Citizen Cope. Love that already. And I mean, that's right in my wheelhouse. Like, the yeah. Q-tip or Fife could be yeah, on this yeah, shit. Exactly. You know what I mean? This hits me on like every level right here. 
Yeah, this is like that, like front porch shit. Like, yeah, but, but with a different attitude. This is driving to me. Yeah, this is driving. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So Alan Raymond, check that shit out. By the way, we're gonna put all these songs onto a playlist for Spotify. We're gonna loop it into this whole release thing. So yes, and you know, once we're we re- always thinking content and shit. Yeah, and once we were five, I'd like I said, we should probably do like ten songs for the people. Oh like, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll do throw like more shit in there. Summaries once the shit gets more refined. We'll and then our each, shit like, in there to spike algorithms. Guests, we'll and have fight, our guests you know. do this segment as well. I yeah, would, I would say that's yeah. You know. uh, give one more e. Be okay. quick on it. So I got um. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Corey Wong, who Ooh. is the he's a collaborating member of uh, Wolfpack, uh, super huge um, funk, you know, whatever they may be, whatever they whatever are now, defined as, yeah, um, sick music, like unbelievably, these musicians, like if you can separate musicians into two categories, one being like feel musicians, one being technical musicians. These guys are fucking dynamite technical musicians oh, yeah. to like an unsurpassed level, in my opinion. Like they're like probably all top technical players. Oh, they're top tier, dude. Yeah. So, um, so what song, song did you pick? The song is Corey Wong, uh, his soul, his most recent solo record, uh, which I can't fucking think of the name. Elevated of. music for an yeah, elevated for an elevated mood. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, the song called Team Sports. Ah, uh, Team Sports is yeah. a shit. The song is just like a happy. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, it's very just like. Instrumental. That's a Stratocaster if I've ever heard it. Oh, God. 100%. Yeah, this is some crazy shit. Right, that's like... That's just, fucking sick. Like, and just to keep it moving, I'm going to throw yeah. out my last pick right here. Uh, I'm the resident hip-hop head in the group. I'm a rap historian. I fucking love it. Uh, I've been in love with the Revenge of the Dreamers three album that j cole put together where he put together just a lot of young is that talent dreamers or is it j cole j cole it, okay. the name of the album is revenge of the dreamers three okay. which his, is his label is called dreamville yeah, uh but right, exactly so yeah. what he did was he brought in basically sent out golden tickets like willy wonka to a bunch of young rappers and producers and said come to fucking atlanta and we're gonna make a fucking crazy you know john Compilation album yeah, yeah. of everybody involved with this project, right. and I'm mean, just gonna play a quick second. They just released the deluxe version, which had like ten more songs on it. Uh, I'm gonna put the song with JID, Earth Gang, and Vince Staples. Jay, I'm yeah, in love yeah. with all three of yeah, these artists. Yeah, yeah, see it? I'm in the yeah. I'm yeah, in the studio yeah, just yeah, dancing yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. And he's got a great hey, hook. I, the whole record's North. amazing. Hey, North. Hey, this is Dreamville, right? Uh, away, she loved away. And that is what the fuck we've been listening to lately. We're going to put a link to all those songs in the description of this video on YouTube. Uh, Let's get to our last segment for the day. Uh, When we are on the road, there's always one human being that always manages to find time to call us in inopportune times and yap our ear off. And as we said, me and Eric are family. But uh, my best friend in the world, my little brother, his name is Matt. Uh, we're going to give him a call since this motherfucker calls us at every opportune time humanly possible. We hope we can do the same. It's hard to explain. When we're in the car, he just fucking calls us at all the wrong times and he just talks for like an hour. Only when we're in the car. We're just going to pop Matt. uh, Give a second. We're going to give Matty a call. Yeah. Fucking better answer. He will. Fucking. What do you think he's doing? Beating his meat? I don't know. (laughs) He could be. (laughs) I wouldn't put it past him. Dude. Matt. That's weird as shit. I, was, I swear to God, I was literally just talking about you to Taylor. <laughs> Who, me? No, not you. Fuck off. All right, Matty, you're on the podcast. Say what's up. 
Are you doing this now? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah what the fuck? We told you earlier, dog. No, you told me you were going to do it in the future. This no, is the fucking right future. Now. This you was the future, the future from that future point pussy. Bro, what? Stop talking over each other. Fuck All right. <laughs> Maddie, what are you doing right now? What am I doing? I'm petting my three-legged dog. <laughs> That's Wait, can so you, you got, can you elaborate? I, just, yeah. I would just like to um like there are eleven total legs in your in your home. Uh, two, four, eight. Yeah, there's eleven total legs. You're fucking <laughs> sick, Matt. So as a as a as a background on who I'm talking to right now, this is my younger brother Matt. Uh, Matt is soon to be unemployed and has a three legged dog. So Matt, do you want to explain el- the unemployed part? We we yeah, let, let's get a legit. What's going on with the unemployed part? It's actually a good thing. Yes, tremendous thing. Yeah, well, temporarily unemployed because I got into the fire department. <laughs> Maddie is going to be serving the city of Philadelphia as a firefighter, which is fucking dope. Yes, four on, four off, baby. Yeah, baby. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually not unemployed yet, so hopefully no one from my current job yeah. hears this until answer the podcast. Yeah, I don't think anybody's listening right now because it's not fucking live. Yeah. Idiot. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm playing with my dog Squidleg in the front right now. Is there still a nub there? <laughs> no, there's no nub. There's they no took nub. The shoulder and everything. They took the shoulder. Is it smooth or is it a canyon? Or is it a protuberance? A protuberance? Did you just make up a word? No, no that's, that's a fucking office. word, eh? Eh? Protuberance. Uh, I don't watch the office. Wow. Wow, dude. You should not have well, said trash that. Trash human. I- I have watched The Office because... Don't try to recover. Yeah, no, you can't recover from that. When we were younger, Colin used to put on The Office every day because we only had a DVD player. Matt, all right, hold on. Wait, what was the most annoying thing that I used to do when we lived together? Me and Matt shared a room for about 22 years almost. (laughs) Was it swinging curtain rods? (laughs) The most annoying thing. That's hard. I already know what you're going to say. You got your top 20. (laughs) Other than only... Was it still my underwear? Yeah, it's still your underwear. I was going to say it was something to do with the TV, but it's definitely steal my underwear. <laughs> so me and Matt, all right, if you got brothers, you and Kevin are brothers. Oh, my God. Me and Matt, yeah. still to this day in God a weird way. the pair of underwear that Kevin and Eric shared. <laughs> yeah, he'd be stretching them Jones out, yeah. <laughs> me and Matt fucking shared underwear. It is what it is. I still have pairs you of fucking, underwear. You l- fucking, listen to me, you fucking do it. Don't fucking lie to me. I guarantee I, Colin's wearing a pair of jockey underwear that I bought before he moved out right now. Hold up, let me see. Nah, dog, these are fruit of the Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> they're Hanes, they're Hanes, I'm sorry. Hanes. You're corny, dude. <laughs> I got the Hanes drawings too, bro. Colin's the king of nutsack holes. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, fucking first episode of the podcast, we got Matt out here calling out my nutsack holes in my fucking underwear. In case anybody was wondering. Yeah, they weren't. Uh, Matt, you got anything parting to just... Just give us any any words of advice. Do I have anything? No. Uh, All right, bet. We'll talk to you. Keep keep, keep your job. Oh, we'll try since you can't. Ooh. <laughs> All right, say goodbye to the people. Uh, I hung up on him. Bet. Uh, that is going to be a reoccurring thing where I just call my brother and fucking annoy him. Yeah. Because that's what he does to us. It's what the people want. It's what the people want. Matt legitimately on a on during tour last summer called us three times in a day and would just talk for an hour at a clip. Yeah, and this was the one particular time was was utterly s- splendid. Oh, it was hilarious. Yeah, that was coming in from what? Uh, Louisville. Austin. Was it Louisville? It was Louisville. It wasn't Austin. Oh yeah. I love the fact that we can just throw those both out there because yeah, we're balls like not that. A big deal. Um, <laughs> now before we get to our interview with Wendy, of course we should fucking get into, you know, the impending thing here, which is that's how it goes. 
That is how it goes. So that's how it goes is the single that we are going to be dropping on February 21st. Uh, I assume this will come out before then, but if not, you know, we'll just fucking go over everything. Mm. Uh, it is the best song we've ever made, in my opinion. It is the first song from the EP. It's a good one. Um, it is, to me, as a songwriter, My Great White Buffalo. It is a song that we have fucking tried to get right for years. Yeah, and like I not mean, two years maybe. Well, but. a little, uh, quite a bit of, you know, time. But I that riff, the guitar riff that you had, I know that you always wanted that Kings of Leon shit. Oh, like that, I wanted like, to feel like an yeah. arena. I wanted to feel like fucking Kings yeah. of Leon. Right, right, right. And you'll hear, you'll hear. You'll I, hear. I imagine it. we're gonna patch that. We are gonna now just because we're gonna put that's how it goes at the end of the podcast, just in case it doesn't like. If it does, if this comes out before that's how it goes, you get an early listen. It absolutely will. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. May or may not be taken down. We'll fucking to figure me, it out. Yeah. Like that's how it goes is my favorite thing we've ever done because of like our style has never been to make something, ruminate on it for two years, and then fucking change it six times and then do it. We we make something, we fucking work on it, we bang it out. Mm. This song I wrote in if you look, I'm gonna just move forward real quick. I have a a, a little scar above my right eye. Uh can I tell this? Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, Erica's sister, Clarissa, lives in... Uh, she live, uh, Does she still live in Georgia? She does, She still right? lives in Georgia, yeah. yeah. She was with this guy named Chris. Chris is a great guy. Um, they are now broken up. But anyway, they lived in this house right off the highway. This is like bumblefuck. Bumblefuck, Georgia. This is yeah. like, like... I'm talking like... Warner Robbins. And the only, yeah, and the only thing I heard was my blood flowing. That, yeah. That was it. Like, you couldn't... It's This is fuck. So... In the South, like you know, stereotypes, stereotypes. Excuse me. Aside, you you can you can shoot guns like you know, there there's like appropriate times like you, but you can just go in your backyard and and pop rounds off. Yeah, and everyone in the there. area knows like this is like an appropriate time. Whatever. There's there's all these kosher things. You can there shoot guns in the know. South. It's what they do. It, yes, and it, and it's completely fine. So <laughs> we were staying there for what two three days. Um, A day. Yeah. Uh, was that one day? It was one day, and we had a day off on tour. It was between yes, yes, yes. yes. It was between Atlanta and somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First time I met my dog. Shout out, yeah. Eric got a dog on this trip. (laughs) Uh, Later on, anyway. uh, So we're shooting. We shoot. um, I forget with the guns. AR-15 was the first gun. Yeah, we shot AR-15. I will say this too. I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack a little bit. I'm from fucking Northeast Philly. I don't hunt. I don't fish. <laughs> yeah. I never shot a fucking gun in my life before this day. So this is the first and last time I'm ever doing this shit. Right. Continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, we shoot, um, I'm pretty sure first we shot uh, pistols, um, then we shot the AR-15, and then we shot uh, what I believe was a... 227. Two, two, was it 27? 227. Okay. Two, two, so this is like... A fucking we're sniper not experienced. rifle. Yeah, this is like, this could like blow someone's head off. Like, I w- this is, yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Uh, and I will say too, I was talking <laughs> a ton of shit. Yeah, I, a decent amount of shit, like coming from that camp for sure, I would say. So <laughs> he, um, Chris put the scope on. So we're looking, yeah, you look down the scope, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, we don't, we don't know fucking shit about it. I don't know anything. Guy. Yeah. So Colin is like, he's up next. He's like, I'm going to nail this drone, whatever. And, uh, yo, you see that fucking can over there? Blow that drone up. <laughs> yeah. Get ready for it not to be there. Um, so he, like, looking down the, looking down the scope of this gun. Um, and he like he he shoots the gun, and and he like reacted in such a way that caught my attention. I didn't know it was happening, so he like kind of was like dazed. It seemed so he sh- he shot the gun and like kind of was like you know a little like it was it was weird. But he put the gun down, turned around, and his head was fucking bleeding. 
And I like I I'm fucked up, but I started cracking up. <laughs> like yeah. I I didn't know what happened, but I just like my instant knee jerk reaction was to laugh because it was funny. But it turns out that he like what happens is like I think they call it scoped. I scoped right? myself. Scoped, scoped yourself. Yeah, shit happens. Whatever. No, you know. <laughs> It fucking yeah, whatever. The, the kickback, the kickback, like, like knocked the scope. I put the scope against my fucking forehead and pulled the trigger. What Exa- happened? Yeah, exactly. And it, it caught him, and he had like a like a scar right here for the, you know. No, I had, had a stitches. fucking hole in my face, and then yeah, I and flipped was, the skin back. It, yeah, and it was like it was. I spent it was, it was I spent nerve wracking. I spent right? five hours in a hospital in yeah. Warner Robins, Georgia. But in that span of time, stitches. I called my then girlfriend, now wife, to say bad idea. I fucking shot myself in the face, basically, is what I basically worded it as. She wasn't having it. I hadn't been home in, like, three weeks almost. We had been on the road. Yeah, and then you come with that shit. And it was just a conversation of, of, (laughs) dude, this no sympathy. It was like, you're a fucking moron. Not one. This is really hard, and get your ass the fuck home. Yeah. And I sat there, and I started writing this song. And it was, uh, the pre-course is kind of an exact replica of what i was feeling and it was the we'll pre-course is the words, yeah. is uh just know i'm doing my best to keep this all together whether you stay or you go i know you know better this is the life we chose for reasons no one knows and that's, that's how it how goes it because i feel that way i feel like this isn't something i necessarily chose to do i feel like this is what i'm supposed to do like this is in my fucking guts well you did choose it i mean but, you know there's I mean, listen. We can talk about like whether or not predestiny and all yeah, that shit, right? That's, that's but I just know in my decide. gut this is what I'm supposed to. Yeah, fuck you, you do. do, but you still chose. Yeah, you still consciously. She chose, chose too, but yeah. why we chose it, we don't know. It's part of a bigger plan, in we my don't opinion. Need to know. We don't know, but that's what the song's about. But to me, to watch that journey from me, you know, fucking Scoop. getting pistol whipped and then. <laughs> Take it to the studio. We went through Fort. I I did the original demo of this in a studio in Nashville with Trace and Joe, and then brought it home. We started working on it, skipped to something else, did about five songs ahead of it, and then we did we did a different version of it demo wise, and then Eric came back, and then we changed it again, and then one day we're in the studio and Eric or Will, our fucking saxophone player, just starts playing this riff. Mm-hmm. And my eyes lit up. I knew that was it. Mm. A big thing for me is when we're making music, I want to make music that right away, if you're walking by a store and this song happens to come on, you're going to fucking stop your feet and you're going to go, what the fuck is that? Mm. That opening sax riff is yeah. that thing to me. That's yeah, a grabber. It's a grabber. It's, it's going to fucking grab like your a, attention. Like a saxophone is just a grabber in general. In general, all Quite the time. Frankly, yeah. But so that is, to me, the gist of, like, of why that's how it goes is so special to me. Right, yeah. So it that's the songwriter's perspective. It's the right? songwriter's like, perspective, but at the yeah. same time, there's there's so many elements to this song. There's us. I thought the chorus was the pre-chorus, and then Alex, who helped produce right, this yeah, song. I, yeah, I remember there was some some uh, comes in, unrest, if you will. This fucking guy goes, all right, great chorus. Write yeah. me another one. We'll also have Alex on. Yeah, I, we'll have I Alex presume. on, definitely. Yeah. I'll bully the shit out of that guy. <laughs> Loser. Loser. <laughs> Love so. Him. Love you, Alex. I, I think we, we, we come down to this thing where now we have all this great support going on. With This song's going to do great things. Right now, along with the podcast, and we're doing all this different, you know, content. How do we, or you listening, or anybody in the industry, keep authentic, stay who the fuck you are yeah. at this point in time? Because a lot of what you see 
in the industry is fake ass bullshit. We all know that, dude. If I'm blowing the lid off something here, fucking tell me because I, it's something right, yeah. that through it's, our experience I've learned. We like to think our listeners are pretty perceptive. It's yeah, but I'm, I think that people who are listening right. are going to wind up listening and, and they're going to be people in it. They're people who are trying to do this shit. There's yeah. a lot of people who are trying to do this shit. We like to think, right? Let me tell you something right now. I am the happiest I've ever been in making things, in creation, and doing this kind of stuff right now because we have gone so far to say we are who the fuck we are and that's how we're going to make our bones about it and people have grown to love us especially in the industry for being the anti-fucking regular people or we are the regular people we're the anti-norm in the industry people i will say yes and that's the coolest thing about us i'll tell this story we were in louisville kentucky doing this fucking radio uh uh festival called the gathering we were opening for bishop briggs which is pretty fucking cool but i'm talking all these bands beforehand and uh, they're going in, and uh, oh, what's up, Kev? Good. All right, yeah, we got our boy Kevin here. I'm in the middle of ranting right now. Uh, Kev is a photographer. Uh, he's the fucking goat, by the way. If anybody needs any work done, Kev Kilkenny, he's the fucking man, dude. Uh, but so we are, we're in Kentucky, and all these motherfuckers are coming up to us, right? We're backstage, and we're kicking all these other bands that are having this great opportunity. It's your big thing in front of all the people who are. You're supposed to play in front of. We're playing in front of people in radio from every station across the country. And we're backstage. I'm wearing a fucking Ben Simmons jersey that's actually hanging on the wall behind me. Uh, and people are coming up like, oh, where are you guys from? And I'm like, Philly. Like, what the fuck? You can see my shirt. Yeah. And uh, everybody else is like, oh, we're from L.A. And I'm like, yeah, but where are you fucking really from? Right. And they're like, oh, like, we're from Norman, Oklahoma, but we don't want to talk about that. Like, it's shit like that that bothers me. That's the shit that gets to me. And that's what I mean in the context of, of staying authentic and staying who the fuck we are, which is why we have Twisted Tea on the fucking on, on, on the table right now. Yeah, that's why bags. we got jerseys behind both of us. It's, yeah. it's, we are, we're just fucking kids from Northeast Philly. Yeah, and that's not, and listen, that's not to despair. Like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can want. do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, just be who, yeah, and, and listen, like, if you want to, like, what did you say, Norman, Oklahoma? Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah, whatever that is. If you want to denounce that and, like, say you're from LA, you fucking do. Do whatever you, do whatever you want. Do whatever the frick I want. We're not, like, Saying we're better than anyone. No, but never it, ever that. No, but, but what just, we do admit just, is we just, know who the fuck we are. Yeah, and that's like can be something that well, is that we're like I live you know in Northeast Philly, so like we're like true and blue, and that's where we're from, and we're not making bones about it. No, but know? and the number one thing for me is that in the industry, right? Yeah. The most uncomfortable and the most unsure I've ever been is when we were in the context of trying to be a Nashville band per se, right? Yeah. Because even in that context, people knew when we walked in the studios right away, we walked in interviews right away, like, oh, that's the Philly kids. Mm -hmm. They knew that fucking right away. And in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, but I mean, we're down here. We got our fucking feet in the game. Like what it is, what it is. Mm -hmm. And now at 28, being where we are now and being as comfortable as I am in the situation that we are, you know, I'm out in L.A. a couple weeks ago, and I'm walking around in the fucking Allen Iverson jersey in the CSAC offices. I'm in the biggest office in songwriting can be, and I walked in an AI jersey. I don't give a fuck. I am who I am. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of that. But the question is kind of in this world of, of grown adults acting like eight-year-olds on TikTok and fucking, you know, doing what they do. How do you fucking continue to make a path that is your own without having to sell out? And to me... It takes more effort, I think. I, I really do. I think. Well, I, I disagree. Can I disagree? Because I Go think ahead. That that's what this is for. I don't think that it takes any effort to be yourself if you're willing to do that. Yeah. Well, you right, have like to. You have to tread ground that hasn't been tread before. In that perspective. Um, I guess. I mean, I just think that if you were 
Like, it comes from you. Yeah. Like, it doesn't come from any other. Like, you don't, do you, com- like, maybe you compare yourself to other people for, like, like, a point of reference, but, like, you're not, you don't, I know for a fact you don't, like, make any apologies about who you are. And that, Hell no. That comes from, that comes from within you. Yes, absolutely. That doesn't come from this and that pulling from the ethos and saying, I'm going to be this. It's, no. It's easy to just. Yes, but I've tried to be this and that. Right, so you, yeah, so you've walked both. Yes, both paths. and for anybody who's a, a creative person who's living in a creative field who wants to do this shit, at the end of the day, you have to look at it this way, right? I'm closing my book for this because I'm getting very serious. So you have this thing where you're going to look at major label artists, right, who probably were either in the right place at the right time, fit a certain need for a label at a certain time, and you're going to say, why the fuck am I not like that? And you're going to try and fill that mold in one way or another. And you're seeing a lot of people trying to do that. Nothing bothers me more right now than watching grown adults act like children on the internet. And this is part of what I was writing about in the process of this whole whole album in trying to cater to somebody else. I don't like it. It bothers me horrendously. Mm. And I think to me, the number one thing that I appreciate about us and, and as I've seen the growth come in what we're doing, it's owning your own identity and not catering to other people. Right. And the weirdest thing that I've noticed is that as we've done that, people have come to us. So as you start the right to... people. Huh? The right people. The right people. Yeah. The fucking, you know, like, I'm not going to say names because I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be that dude and, and name drop, but. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. I'm not that guy. Yeah. But what I will say, can you spot fakes out right away? Can yeah. you spot that band that is nothing but a label plug in right away? It's a pretty good fucking question. It's a great fucking question because it's what not I want to know. Because I can fucking see that shit right away. Yeah. I know if your song isn't that good, why do you have. 80 million followers or why do you have 80 million streams that song fucking sucks dude i got i got i got no 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 what i'm saying is i got i got i know three bands that write better songs than you they just don't have that opportunity they haven't gotten it's 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 always right place right right time best guitar player in the world right exactly but i will say though even those people i give them credit because they got in the right situation yeah and they put themselves there chances are and it's a question we're always going to ask ourselves moving forward is is how do we get in the right place at the right time we're still working like we're not in this like unattainable it's a situation it's a ma- exactly right. yeah. but what i will say is that the number one thing i think for for individual artists to work on moving forward including ourselves at all times is to to know who the fuck you are build your own shit and then let people come to you right don't ever cater to somebody else in that mm-hmm. situation and so i guess like right now like if we're gonna look at like what we've been talking about a lot right it's this thing of like like, should we kind of cater to the other side at the end of the day? And, like, I keep waiting for the first person to tell us to make a TikTok. I keep talking about that, but I'm just not going to fucking do it. I'm, I'm really not going to do it. No promises. No promises. Uh, and, and so at the end of the day, uh, that's what it's all about to me is, is the idea of, of staying true to ourselves. We'll be done for the week, but we'll be back next week. Uh, we are going to plug That's How It Goes at the end of this, listen to the Wendy interview, and we will get to That's How It Goes at the end. Uh, this is the Kill Your Internet podcast. I'm Colin. That is Eric. I'm Eric. And uh, we love you guys.